This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. Thank you so much for joining us today as we continue this journey towards building a just society. Oftentimes, these podcasts can seem ordinary and seem to be just these ongoing small steps of conversation. And so it is with building a just society. It often happens within the ordinary. It's a step-by-step process, nothing flashy, but it must be done. And over time, then suddenly you realize things have dramatically changed once you look back over time as to the progress that has been made. A common complaint these days is from workers complaining that the cost of everything is going up, but just wages remain stagnant. The subject of just wages is a complicated topic in that it can be difficult to understand what is a just wage. Well, thank God that Pope Leo XIII explains it very clearly in the section of the Rerum Novarum that we're going to be covering today. As we start moving towards the end of this encyclical by Pope Leo XIII. Paragraphs 43 through 46 is what we'll be covering today. And the overall thesis uh, makes several points around just wages from the Pope. And the first point that he makes in these paragraphs is that men have an ancient right in the natural law to freely negotiate wages. And I love the fact that he calls it an ancient right. So this isn't to be found in the U.S. Constitution or the Constitution of, you know, whatever country. Rather, it is an ancient right that he calls, and it's a right for people to freely negotiate wages. We must avoid the false notion that an employer can offer a general wage And if people don't agree to it, they can just work somewhere else. The problem with this is that in society, there seems to be sort of a lock on wages. So if you're in a given industry, there seems to be a common agreed upon uh, wage from every employer in that industry as to what the wage should be for the workers in that industry. So there's kind of a lock on this. So it's really a false notion to think that people have uh, can just walk away from a wage if they don't like it and work somewhere else because where they go either will be the same wage or not much different than what they were walking away from. So the Pope Leo XIII says that we have a right and it's an ancient right to negotiate wages with employers. Now the state I live in in Oregon uh, is a very has a very unjust way of approaching wages. In Oregon, 
there's a requirement by law that anyone working within a given position has required to be paid the same wage as everybody else in that position. It's, you know, of course, they use that buzzword equity, which is a word that is meaningless and empty, and it's an unjust thing, actually, equity. Many people say, oh, that's just being just, and it's actually not. I won't get into why right now, but as you see equity being lived out and fleshed out, it actually ends up being quite unjust. But those who have educated themselves, gotten master's degrees, PhDs, or whatever, they put in years of labor and gained valuable skills should be paid more than people that are just starting out in a given industry and in a given position. But as it is, if you're, for example, a case manager or caseworker, uh, you're required by the state to um, get paid the same wage as the other case workers uh, in the office, even if you have much more skills, much more uh, years of labor in that area and uh, and have educated yourself. Now, a couple ways to get around that. One, of course, you'll be paid more the longer you're there, so you'll have been given raises over the years. But at the same time, uh, some employers wishing to be just towards their workers, but knowing they're prevented by law from paying certain people more money, is that they create new titles for positions to sort of get around that law. But I would challenge the state of Oregon and any other state that has a law like this to get rid of that unjust law and allow employers to pay people uh, according to their value in that position. To me, too, I think one of the unjust uh, things I see in this scenario is that if you've got a worker, two workers in the same position, one is working very diligently and they're working very effectively and efficiently and really getting good results for the people they're serving. Uh, and another person's only doing a halfway job, making lots of mistakes. Why would you punish the person working hard by just putting them on the same level as the other worker? It, 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 it makes no sense. Plus, again, with equity, there's no incentive to do a better job for your employer. Another point that the Pope makes in these paragraphs, again, covering paragraphs 43 through 46, is that employers owe a just wage to frugal and well-behaved employees. I love that Pope Leo XIII doesn't just say employers owe a just wage to workers. And I hear that phrase a lot in the circles of uh, social justice, but he sort of defines and qualifies a just wage as a just wage to a frugal and well-behaved employee. If you've got an employee that's consuming all their paychecks on alcohol or drugs or gambling or, or whatever it is, or they're just amassing great amounts of debt and every penny they may get spent and they're not saving any money. They're not being frugal. And if they're an employee, you know, maybe that gets arrested and put in jail sometimes for certain things and now they got to pay jail or have to pay court fines or whatever, they're not well behaved. So I like how that the Pope, first of all, qualifies that a just wage can only be determined if a person is frugal, if they're good money managers and they're well-behaved, if that is 
kind of person is able to live comfortably, that's a just wage. And it could be that that wage is paid to the unfrugal and the ill-behaved employee, but it's not necessarily uh, to their advantage because they're using the money very unwisely. The Pope explains that a just wage is one that provides for a wise manager of money to be able to live comfortable and to meet all his and his family's needs and allows for savings and property ownership. Pope Leo XIII is always going to throw that property ownership in there, and well, he should. But yeah, if if somebody is able to afford to buy their own property and home, put away savings, meet all their family's needs, and live comfortably where they're not having to worry how to make ends meet, then they're making a just wage. And, you know, in all of these conversations around just wages, every, something's always been lacking in those conversations. I've always wondered, you know, I kind of had pieces of what Pope Leo Thirteenth is saying, but could never quite get the whole definition worked out in my head. But then when he lays it out, it's like, there it is, bingo. Uh, the Catholic Church, once again, nails it with what is something. Now, a lot of people bash the Catholic Church for things, but I want to defend the Catholic Church, in that she has worked out this these things over time. She doesn't just sit down for one or two committee meetings to figure stuff out. This, These things that the Catholic Church has defined so well in its history has done so through very difficult conversations, countless hours of meetings, and trying to flush out what is good and right in this situation. So these are not fly-by-night answers. These are answers that Pope Leo Thirteenth, not just by himself, but with the help of the cardinals and the bishops and, and, uh, and other experts have really put the sweat equity into figuring out what is, you know, a just wage, for example. The third point the, that he makes in this uh, section of the encyclical is that employees... Now, at first, he was talking about employers making a just wage, but he also flips the coin and says employees owe just labor to the employer. Employees owe just labor to the employer. So it's not just up to the employer to pay a just wage. It is up to employees to earn that just wage. You know, we all have coworkers that we wonder how they still have their job, right? We think, man, what does that person do? Where's the results? You know, we've got all these uh, people working from home now. And some of us, I've talked to friends and they're like, I've got coworkers that I'm not sure if they were actually working at home. You know, I'm not sure what they're doing because I'm not seeing the results uh, like the rest of us are producing. And so if you're an employee, it's not a one-sided affair in the work of social justice at at the workplace because... Pope Leo XIII says, yes, your employer owes it to you to pay a just wage, but you owe it also to the your employer to work for that just wage and to be a just worker. Workers must work the hours agreed upon and perform their job well. Now, I want to break down this, what I just said for a minute, because I said they must work the hours agreed upon. I am not in favor of at-will employment. I think it's very unjust. I think the state I live in and other states who have yet to 
eliminate uh, uh, at-will employment in their states, they need to do so very quickly to pass laws that makes it illegal to do at-will employment. It's very unjust. It leaves no protection for the employees, and it puts all the power in the employer's hands, and that's not fair to the workers. So before people uh, begin working at a place, there must be a contract agreed upon. This is where unions, workers' unions, would come into play. But there must be contracts signed by both the employee and employer that will, I agree upon these worker, these, these, uh, I agree upon these hours. I agree upon the, you know, pay and benefits and, and whatever. And it puts protections in place for the employee. So the worker cannot just randomly get rid of them again at will. And it also protects the employer. The employer knows they can count on the employee to stick around and and remain employed at that company. And the worker's not going to want, or the employer's not going to wonder, am I going to have to keep hiring people because worker, you know, just randomly doesn't show up for work. A fourth point made is to have an environment where there is not just wages and just working conditions where wages cannot be freely negotiated by both parties. Now that sounds a little wordy uh, and a little difficult to understand, but what Pope Leo XIII is saying is that there needs to be an environment at the workplace where there is not just a, 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 a point where you are being paid just wages, but you have to be able to have the right working conditions. Because if you don't, then you're just going to uh, end up with forced labor conditions. And so, and these working conditions and these wages, again, must be freely negotiated by both the employer and employee. You know, in today's social societal conditions, there seems to be a real tendency towards locked wages and the inability to negotiate. Again, I talked a couple minutes ago about at-will employment, but it, it seems that you can't really maneuver in an industry to be able to, to get better wages. And, you know, it could be up to, you know, local laws and ordinances creating that could just be, who knows what happens behind the scenes between major employers to lock those wages and conditions, but employees must be able to negotiate to say, look, these are the wages I need in today's financial market for my family. And these are the conditions I need to work in. I can't be killing myself in order to work this job. So there has to be this give and take this conversation. Now the, this podcast from the very beginning has been centered on bringing the uh, work of social justice back to having a conversation. As I looked at the landscape of the world of social justice with, you know, Antifa, Proud Boys, rioters, all these people creating chaos and just yelling, labeling, and silencing their opponents, I felt like it was time somebody said, could we please get back to a conversation? Well, so too in the workplace. And Pope Leo XIII is calling us as employers and employees 
to get back to having a conversation again around working conditions and around wages. The fifth point that he makes uh, in today's section of the encyclical is that the poor can only secure income through labor. The poor can only secure income through labor. The poor can't really build capital because they don't have a seed of money to build capital with. So the poor can only secure income through labor and they must not be taken advantage of because of this. The poor are not to be seen as pawns on a chessboard used by the, the employers and by the industries and CEOs. You know, and the prophets of the Old Testament and ancient Israel spoke a lot to this. The prophets would constantly remind the nation of Israel that God desires justice and God demands just treatment of workers. I encourage you to go back to the and reread the prophets of the Old Testament and see how very clearly, how explicitly they speak of God's demands around how to treat your workers. Back then, they called them slaves and servants and, and uh, even treatment of the immigrants. But it was kind of that setup of employer-employee relationship. All right, the sixth point he makes today is that we must have work conditions and wages that limits the need for government interference. Now, by this time, you should realize that Pope Leo XIII is not a fan of big government. Neither am I. So he says that the work conditions and wages that are negotiated by the worker and the employer should be such that it limits the need for government interference. And all these issues of property ownership, working conditions, and the various subjects that Pope Leo XIII has discussed, he says uh, repeatedly, if there's an issue that arises where the government has to get involved, the government should come in, quickly solve it, and quickly get out. Now, I live in the United States of America. Uh, these days, it's the divided states of America. But, you know, um, the government is very heavy-handed. The government is far exceedingly too large and far exceedingly too involved in our lives and a huge shrinking down of the federal and state governments would be a beautiful day in my opinion. And, but it's not just my opinion. It's Pope Leo 13th desire for small government and very little interference from the government. Number seven, the final point he makes in these paragraphs is that the government and employers must ensure most, if not all, workers are able to own property. It is the Pope's desire that the government and employers ensure that all people have the opportunity to own property and that at the very minimum that most workers actually do own property. But unfortunately, we have created an environment of unjust wages that forces most people into being renters. If you are a renter, you can be controlled more easily and manipulated, and you have really no rights at all, and you can't really make any progress. You know, there's a downfall of renting. 
renting should be temporary or for people with a special call that requires them to move frequently. You know, I would say Jesus would have been a person that qualified as a lifetime renter because he was moving around all the time. But most people should uh, be property owners that really gives them control over their lives and allows them to, um, to make progress financially for their families and for future generations. And it also allows, gives people the opportunity to bless the world if they are open to that. Now let's look at paragraph 47. Let's move on beyond these to paragraph 47. The Pope explains what the consequences are of just wages. If employers pay their, uh, workers a just wage, there are consequences. Now we tend to think of the word consequences in terms of negative, but he's thinking of it positive. The results we could call them of just wages is one. You have more property owners. He states that the more property owners you have now notice this because there's been a complaint in these past few years of this growing gap between the rich and the poor between the powerful and elite and the common person. But Pope Leo 13 states that the more property owners you have, the more you can bridge the chasm between the powerful and wealthy. If most people are property owners, then you divide the land more equitably and thus spread the power base more equitable, equitably. The Pope argues. Now we hear equity diversity, all these buzzwords today that really don't mean anything in the end of the day. But if you want equity, the Pope argues that comes through property ownership. Second result of just wages is that there will be a greater abundance of the fruits of the earth. The Pope argues that we tend to work harder at that which belongs to us. And I say amen to that. I tend to work hard at things that really matter to me. But if I'm going in to work to just earn a paycheck, and especially if it, the paycheck is not enough to live on, I'm really not that motivated <laughs> to really make things succeed for my employer because I don't really get anything out of it. And that's just human nature. And there's nothing wrong with that in the end of the day. Of course, St. Paul uh, in the New Testament encourages us as Christians to work hard, even if we're being, uh, you know, uh, even if we are a servant in a house to work hard at that because God is watching us and God will reward us. But at the end of the day, it is this human tendency for all of us to, to not work hard at those things that don't result in any reward for us. And so he argues that there will be greater abundance of the fruits of the earth because we tend to work harder at that which belongs to us. So if our land that we own, uh, in the land that we own, rather, we will tend to care more about the soil of that land and will produce more fruit of the earth, thus creating more abundance of food on the earth. The third point that he makes, the third result of just wages is that people would tend to remain in their land of birth. There would be no need to migrate to a foreign land if there is good provision in your homeland. 
So the border crisis we have at the southern border of the United States, that border crisis could be dealt with if as an international community, instead of bombing other lands, we join them in helping their lands thrive. Because the people, I I work a lot with immigrants and refugees every day of the week, and they're not coming from situations where they're like, oh, it was so glorious in Venezuela. Oh, Ukraine was awesome. No, they're like, oh my goodness, it was hell in my homeland. That's why I came to the United States. And so the Pope says, you want to solve this border crisis? You do it through helping other nations thrive. You do it through property ownership and just wages. So the governments of other lands should be encouraged to create a just environment in their lands And then people will tend to not migrate so much. They'll tend to remain in their land of birth. And people don't want to leave their land of birth. I've had people who've been here for years now in the United States and are like, oh, I wish I was back. I could go back to Afghanistan because the people that are from Afghanistan, they love the country of their birth. And they tell me all the beauty of that nation and all the good things about it. So again, they would stay in their land of birth. Now, the Pope argues, or gives us a stark warning, rather, after this discussion, that this only works if there is not excessive taxation. So he states that the land comes from God and not the government. Let me repeat this. You need to hear this. He states that the land comes from God, not the government. Therefore, the government must refrain itself from absorbing the land, and corporations refrain from this as well. And yes, Monsanto, I'm talking to you. makes me very sad when I go back to Indiana, where I grew up, to visit family, and I see Monsanto signs all over the fields. No, I'm sorry, those lands do not belong to Monsanto. They belong to the farmer And if you're a farmer, I'm sorry that you feel like you have to concede to Monsanto. But we have to refrain from the government and corporations from consuming and absorbing the land. We have to make sure. And, you know, the way the government absorbs the land is through excessive taxation on the land. But we have to ensure that property owners can thrive on their own. And so states... Governments and county governments should ensure that farmers can thrive on their own and and ensure that the laws and ordinances and protections are in place for that. Now, finally, in paragraphs 48 through 52, Pope Leo XIII now enters a discussion of unions and the rights of workers to form unions. Now, we won't get into the ins and outs of unions, but just note that unions are good and have proved historically to be a great advantage to the working class. He points out that the government should never prohibit the forming of unions or private societies, except under the condition that a private society poses a real danger to the state or society. If that's in place, then things should be dealt with accordingly. But the question remains, what if a union becomes corrupt? Because I've heard people say yes, I'm in favor of unions, but they've been known to become corrupt at times. 
So what if a union becomes corrupt and no longer works for the advantage of the workers, or if it comes into conflict with the religion of workers? Well, next time we're going to look at that. The Pope deals with that very issue next time as we wrap up the study of Rerum Novarum. My parents worked for decades in a factory. They were part of a union. And my parents were consistent in attending union meetings, making their complaints heard. And thank God they had that opportunity. And because of that, my parents enjoyed just wages. And we lived comfortably, not wealthy, but we did live comfortably growing up. One way that you can bring justice to your neighborhood is to be involved in business associations within your neighborhood, fighting for just laws and taxes for those businesses and to be a part of leadership in your neighborhood among businesses, ensuring that the people who work in your neighborhood enjoy just wages as you create a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through matradayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.